If you don't feel like you belong, if you don't feel like your special gifts are valued, it's not community, that's just a space with other people. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. What does it look like to build your life with community at the foundation? That is a question I've been asking myself as we head into the spring months, as COVID begins to thaw out, knock on wood, and as I integrate back into the world of being with people in real life after two plus years of social isolation, essentially. And I have been so captivated by the work of Radha Agrawal. If you're not familiar with her, she is one of the co-founders of Daybreaker, a daytime dance party that started out of New York City, also one of the co-founders of Thinks, and a community builder at heart. And I recently dove into her book, Belong. If you don't know, I read a lot. I'm reading constantly. Reading books is the trial and error energy that I crave as a Sagittarius without having to dive into a completely new reality. I can just experience the reality that all these other people have written about. And Radha Agarwal's book is exactly the thing that I needed as I move into this transition. And I know that it's going to benefit you too because community is a bit of a buzzword, you know, a lot of brands use it, grow your community, connect with your community. (laughs) And for a while, I was using the word community and not really knowing what it meant because I had overused it or I had decontextualized the use. But what I'm coming to understand that community is a system, a cooperative of people that are in your life that you can depend on, that you're inspired by, that you support in the ways that you can. And belonging is at the foundation of any community. Because if you don't feel like you belong, if you don't feel like your special gifts are valued or that you can contribute to the whole while being true to yourself, it's it's not community. That's just a space with other people. This book is supporting me in my own self-awareness journey. So I'm going to share with you my three biggest takeaways from this book in the hopes that it can support you in yours as well. The first of which is you must understand your individuality. However, it's not just to understand how you operate into the world because we don't exist in a vacuum. We exist with other people. The point of understanding yourself is to understand how you can serve your community. Life is ultimately about giving and receiving. It is about expression and service. It is about how you can contribute to the world around you in a way that's aligned with your own personal growth. I know I am not alone in thinking that the path to my ultimate freedom, at one point I did think this, uh, that the path to my ultimate freedom and sense of belonging was through rugged individualism. The deeper that I dive into my psyche, the more concretely I understand my 
intentions and what I'm meant to do in this world, the better I'll be at living life, playing this video game that is life. And part of that is true. However, a key part that I kept missing or running over or not acknowledging was that the whole point of it was so that I could help other people. It's not just so that I can sit in a corner and be confident about who I am. It's so that we can live together, so that we can encourage one another to grow, and so that we can help each other feel the impacts of love. And when I say love, I'm going to acknowledge another book here. I mean the bell hooks love. I mean all about love, love. I mean love as an action. I mean love as a practice. I mean love as an experience, not a feeling. When I think about the community that I want, it is to be surrounded by people who are glass half full seers and who also contribute to the world in a very different way than I do. I mean, we're all different, you know, there's billions of us on this planet and every single one of us has our own unique gifts. And when it comes to engaging with community or building community or even identifying the community that's already around me, I want to approach that from a place of here's who I am. Here's how I know that I can help, whether it's you or uh, or the land or the environment or the, the energy that we're sharing. I know here's how I can contribute. And I also know the ways that I'm trying to contribute that I'm not quite there yet. And is there something that you can teach me? I'm enthusiastic about learning from you. I'm curious about learning from you. I am excited to know more about the ways that you navigate the world. It felt so aligned to read this aspect of Radha's book because it was freeing. (laughs) It was so freeing to release this idea that I have to constantly peel back the onion layers of my psyche in order to get down to the gold and the center. Like, that's, that's not the point. Like, the point is not to get so aware of yourself that you don't need anyone else. The point is to get so aware of yourself that you're excited to share it with everyone else, that you're excited to share your excitement for life your connection with the world, and ignite that in other people. So yeah, it's not just about you. And it's not about you at all. The second big takeaway I got from this book is that enthusiasm always wins. Enthusiasm is the energy that's going to bring you to where you want to be. When you walk into your room and... You spot the person who's having the most fun in a room, that is an opportunity for you to also have fun. When you want to engage with a new person or a new friend or or a new job or a new opportunity of any kind, it doesn't work out as easily or as smoothly if you walk into that situation not enthusiastic. I do not mean that you have to go in guns blazing, screaming, yada, yada, yada. It's not about the expression exactly. It's about the intention. Do it in a way that is honest and fair and 
aligned with who you are and only you know what that looks like and it's okay to trust yourself with whatever that expression looks like but if you want to get where you want to go you have to show the world around you that you're excited about it so that it can give you more of it (laughs) the world does not give you things when you are grumpy (laughs) To put it in Sesame Street terms, the world gives you things when you're appreciating. When you're showing, oh, I want more of this. Oh, I like this. Oh, this is aligned. That's when more of it comes and it starts to build momentum. And I'd never think, I'd never thought about it in terms of the like emotional expression that I share with the world around me because I consider myself pretty introverted, whatever that word means. I, I, spend time with myself to reconnect with myself and build up energy. And I have struggled in the past about what does it look like to be in a space where there are other people when I'm building energy when I'm on my own? Because I do enjoy people. Uh, But I was so confused about how do I present myself in a space where there are so many unknowns going on. And as I began to reintegrate into the world in real life, you know, beyond the screen, away from the keyboard, I'm excited to practice enthusiasm in a way that feels authentic to me. So I love quality time. (laughs) I love undivided attention. I love one-on-one conversations. And for a while, I would get exhausted Uh, by being in large groups and I didn't know what that was about and I thought that there was something wrong with me and it's like no there's nothing wrong with me I'm just recognizing the ways that I can show my enthusiasm so maybe the next time that I go out into a large group I might just lean into the fact that I like one-on-one and then just find one person to have a meaningful conversation with. And if that person doesn't want to have a meaningful conversation, that's fine. That's also information. That's data. And it's a sign that probably we're not aligned in this moment. And it's an opportunity to keep it moving until I do find that person who is in need of that intimate conversation, who craves that one-on-one connection, because we're both going to be getting our needs met in that moment. But if I continue to try to be someone that I'm not, and continue to try to be really boisterous or like the center of attention when that's not in alignment with where I am in that particular moment, it's not going to work. I'm just going to feel out of sync with myself. I'm going to start comparing myself to other people. Uh, All of these, you know, no bueno, unnecessary practices that just make ourselves feel and look smaller. So yeah, enthusiasm wins (laughs) and your kind of enthusiasm wins. If you are the kind of person who loves to go out into your group and crack jokes, be the center of attention, do that thing because you are going to attract the people and the opportunities and the interactions that you need. If you are somewhere in the middle and maybe you want to share a new a way of interacting with the world that you've been engaging in, whether it's a new book <laughs> or it's new music. You love music and you want to share that with people. Be enthusiastic about the things you care for. 
and the universe is going to just give you more of it. My last takeaway, and this is a bit more intricate of a takeaway, but it was so informative for me when it came to shifting my mindset was three mindset shifts to embrace the world around you. Rada talks about these internal dialogues that we have with ourselves. Think of it as the known trope of having an angel on one side and a devil on one side or uh, having a really inspiring voice on one side and the negative Nancy on the other. And these two voices are actually very connected. They're the yin and the yang. They're the good and the bad. They're opposites and they're also siblings. And when you are walking into a situation, any situation, whether it's um, a challenging dynamic you might have with a family member or a job interview, any situation at all, you have the option, you have the choice to choose the thoughts on one side of the shoulder or the other side of the shoulder. On one side of the shoulder sits three practices that are pretty much guaranteed to give you anxiety, guaranteed to stress you out, and also put you out of alignment with yourself. And these three practices are perfectionism, comparison, and judgment. So just to break these ideas down a little bit, perfectionism, we all know her. She's very live on the internet. I don't know why I'm gendering perfectionism, let alone why I'm gendering perfectionism as a woman, but regardless, that's not the point. The point is that perfectionism exists and it it has the ability to put a real damper on how we experience our world and it can stop us from a lot of really valuable growth because perfectionism is nitpicking everything that's going wrong in quotes in your life or with yourself. But the thing is there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your environment. There's nothing wrong with your interactions. They just are. And it's up to you to decide, do you want more of these or do you want less of these or do you want something different or bigger or smaller or grander or whatever? It's just information. And the moment that you release your attachment or your identity with how things are playing out, that's an opportunity for you to adjust how you're experiencing it as well. The other side of perfectionism is gratitude. Instead of focusing on what's going wrong, what if you focus your awareness on all the things that are going right and you feel grateful for those things? The reason that mindfulness practitioners, people that are dedicating their lives to mental, emotional, and physical wellness speak about gratitude all of the time is because it works. It doesn't have to be a gratitude journal. The medium that you use is completely up to you, but you do have to practice it because when you're actively appreciating everything, that happens around you, you're building a story that's true, that the universe is working out in your favor. And the more that you believe in that story, the more you'll see evidence of it show up in your life. 
Gratitude is the counterpart to perfectionism that sits on the other side of your shoulder. So we're going to bounce back <laughs> to the challenging emotions on one side, and we already spoke about perfectionism. But uh, what about comparison? Comparison is something I've struggled with, arguably even more than perfectionism, because perfectionism is super abstract, because what does it mean to be perfect, right? But comparison, that shows up when you see a very clear example of something that you want to be like. And I have a whole podcast episode about jealousy and how it serves you. I definitely recommend that you take a look back and listen to that podcast episode if you want to learn more about this idea. But comparison is really... The world around you showing you, oh, hey, you kind of like this. You need contrast in order to show you what you do want and what you don't want. Otherwise, you're just an amorphous blob out here floating. But what if when you feel that comparison coming along, you see that as an opportunity to be inspired about what you can do differently? You see that as an opportunity to be inspired by the person that you're comparing yourself to and say, hey, they're doing something that is beautiful. I too want to do something beautiful. How are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Is that something that I can adjust my experience to not necessarily mimic because the way that you'll do it is always going to be different because your background and your experience and your memories and perspective are different, but there's something about it that's lighting you up. So instead of beating yourself up for being something that they're not, you see it as an opportunity to expand. So inspiration is on the other side of the shoulder to comparison. They're counterparts. And lastly, the third mindset shift is from judgment to curiosity. When I first began to tackle the concept of judgment, it was from reading one of Gabrielle Bernstein's books, and she has a whole chapter about judgment and how experiencing it or allowing it to stay in your life and in your psyche is the guaranteed way to never break through to that next chapter of your life. Because when you are judging yourself or you are judging someone else, The only way that you can do that is if you think that you know better. If you think that the way that you are living your life is the way, the one and only way to thrive in this world around you, that's when you start judging people. Think about it. When the people that are closest to you make decisions and you're like, I don't know, I wouldn't do that. I would do something different. That's, That's one level of judgment. But what if you took that moment as an opportunity to get curious about why people are making the decisions that they are, about the lived experience that they have had, the intuition that they feel that is guiding them toward that point of view. Because there are limitless ways to interact with the world around you. There is not just one solution. There's not just two. There are exponential ways that the world moves, there are limitless ways that you can make decisions or build a life. Now, 
when someone's making a decision that impacts you, you have the right to remain in that situation or go somewhere else and do something different. That is up to you. I'm not saying take away your power of personal agency. I'm just saying, what happens if you get curious? The worst thing that could happen is that you learn something new. And just because you're learning a bit about their new perspective doesn't mean that you have to apply it to your own life. But judging them isn't going to get you anywhere. It's not going to lead you to salvation. It's not going to lead you to ultimate clarity. It's just going to make you feel really icky in your body. Curiosity, however, is expansive. And that's why it sits on the other side of your shoulder to judgment. So these three takeaways that I got from Radha Agrawal's book, Belong, are about community. And it's also about self. It's about how you are being intentional with the life that you want to live and what does it look like to actually incorporate the knowledge and experience of the world around you into how you are living your life currently. I am going to be having a potluck at my house this weekend. (laughs) It was a little bit of homework that I gave myself for this spring as I integrate back into my own community where I live. And I'm super grateful to have people in my life that I speak to over the phone or even through Zoom or texting, you know, the things that we've gotten really, really good at um, during this past couple of years of the pandemic. And also I feel something wanting. I feel a sense of wanting when it comes to being in shared space with people who understand me, who understand me and accept me and love me. I truly do want to be loved and a big part of that happening is expressing my love to the people who are around me, expressing my sense of acceptance and curiosity and joy to be around them. And that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. I challenge you this week. I want you to do one act that is actively building your community. So that doesn't necessarily mean getting your community bigger. It could be making your community stronger, reconnecting with an old friend or reconnecting with a current friend in a new way that gets you curious about how they live their lives. I'll also be reaching out to you and the not yet digital community with some tangible practices and ideas for shifting your reality in real life and expanding your community, growing it, building it, nourishing it, cherishing it. Ah! As always, it's been divine, a true pleasure. And I will not be speaking to you next week because Not Yet and Page Polk International as a whole will be going on a two-week spring break to reset, rejuvenate, and come back to ourselves. I love the idea of breaks. I loved them in school, having them in every season because it really helped me get my mind right. And so I'm intentional about incorporating rest into my work practice as well. So I will see you on April 26th for our next podcast episode. And then we will continue with the weekly Tuesday podcast releases then. But if you still want to hear from me, please check out the past podcast episodes, especially the one on jealousy. That one's very relevant to today's episode. And if you go on to my website, pagepolk.com, you can even download a free Zone of Genius workbook. This workbook 
guides you through the process of revealing your gifts, your talents, your interests, and your values. These are the strong pillars that will be the foundation of the life that you want to live and living it authentically. So there are a few resources that you can dive into while I'm gone, but I'll miss you and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.